Charlie is gone. Chaz is here. Are we back? You're back and you're here as Chaz this time. Oh, perfect. That was appropriate then. This is the yeah, way actually, it was supposed to be done. All right, Chaz, welcome back to The Grit for two, Mar- April 1st. April Fool's Day. It is April Fool's Day. Look at that. Isn't it? Isn't it funny that professional surfing relaunched on April Fool's Day? With a joke of an event, too. I mean, my goodness gracious, though. I like I can't wait to talk about this, to be honest. How did you not frank. write an how did you not write an article immediately about it being an April Fool's joke that they ran that event yesterday? I mean, I should have. I just put the two together right now. I know, me, me too. Being, That's weird. Uh, it's really it, it was poor form. It was poor form and I was harried yesterday. Man, how much of the contest did you watch? Are we gonna get right into it here? Sure, let's get right into it. Um, we've got Project of Belly to catch up on as well, but Man, Project stick, of Belly. Stick around for that. We to, yeah, we'll get to Project um, of Belly, but let's get to the contest. So how much of it did I watch? I was driving and I put it on my phone and I was on the five freeway. Just, it's a straight line, you know, like cow pastures on either side. Any level of entertainment when you're doing that drive is something. It's, it's gonna be engaging. I lasted a heat and a half, maybe two heats, uh, before complete boredom set in again. That is amazing. Like in no man's land, that five is is a bummer up in there too. That is not the a worst. fun freeway. No. And so, and you lasted a heat and a half. Yeah, I actually did watch throughout the uh, entire day, basically, but I was bored out of my mind, obviously, within a heat a heat or two. Um, so we should set the table a little bit. Most people know, but event number two of the WSL's 2021 season kicked off yesterday at Newcastle. It's an event that, or a venue that was on the championship tour decades ago, and they've uh, always done QS events there. And the benefit of it is that it's a consistent wave. So it's reliable. You can always run a contest there, even when it's at its worst, which it was yesterday. But the but it has great potential. It could be a good wave or a great wave even on its day. Um, and hopefully we'll get that later in the contest window. But yesterday, yesterday we were plagued with one to two foot junky surf for the world's best to slug it out in. One of the, so starting with the April Fool's joke here, uh, Surfline called it, I think six to eight or something. I know. Yeah. Which, like, there was absolutely no way that forecast, like, I mean, Surfline made absolute, of course, right? They're, they're the WSL stooge, but made a mockery of anything they stand for by even forecasting that six to eight. Like, they knew it. They knew it was going to be two to three max. I'm not convinced that they did. I mean, I think forecasting and even weather forecasting is um, that bad. You never blow, you, they never blow it that bad. Like they knew it was going to be two to three. It was two to three. They called it six to eight to drum up interest and get people to log on. That's Silly. insane. That's insane. If they yeah. did that. They, for sure. Uh, they did that. They knew that was going to be six to eight feet. Well, you'd have to be pretty bad at your job. First of all, to get it that wrong. Cause it wasn't even two to three feet. It was like, no, I mean, the best dribbled. waves of the day were two to three feet, but on the whole it was flat. I forgot really how much I love to hate it. It is, they have crafted it so perfectly 
to be the most ludicrous. I mean, at this point, it's performance art. From Joe Turpel's voice to Rabbit Bartholomew talking about how they created the Dream Tour to get away from crap beaches when the action out front was a crap beachy. To every word that's said, every angle they shoot, it is honestly, they've reached high art. WSL is now a piece of performance art. Uh, is all of that true simply because it was junky beach break waves? Would you be saying that if this was cloud break? I mean, if it was cloud break, I'd say that the show around it is, is still ludicrously funny and fun to make fun of. But at this point, I mean, I'll say uh, I watch probably, I caught, I don't know, parts of four or five different heats. Like I was sort of in and out. But every time I was on commenting live at Beach Grid, I was having so much fun. I mean, it is an utter clown show. I don't know how anybody wakes up at the WSL and is able to look at themselves in the mirror and say, this is what I do. Like, yeah. but in the best, in the best way, in a beautiful way, I suppose. Like I thought it was, I thought it was almost artistically bad. I'm not so bothered by the broadcast or the show that they're actually putting on. I think it's completely dependent. My experience, uh, the entertainment I get out of it, my joy that I get out of it is completely dependent upon the waves itself and watching good surfers versus not great surfers. So the two solutions to get me to where I want to go are fewer surfers in better waves. And this is something, a theme that we've harped on over and over and over again. So I feel like I'm kind of regurgitating it. However, it was amplified yesterday. The need for what I want was so obvious yesterday and my concern is that you could always blame um the conditions or you know oh we didn't have good swell we can always blame things on that however what i'm concerned is that decisions made in the boardroom even pre-covid for the last couple of years of the uh, direction the wsl has been going got us to newcastle yesterday if that boardroom for the last couple of years was running every decision through the filter of let's get the 10 best surfers in the best waves at the peak of a swell, we would end up in a very different place yesterday than where we ended up. But those, that isn't the filter they're running decisions through. The filter is, you know, max number of eyeballs appealing to the broadest market, having the broadest opportunity for sponsors, getting a bunch of people on the beach, getting them to surf in a wave pool next year. And so that's a much more convoluted filter and it ends in the, at destinations like we ended up at yesterday. I mean, the, the, okay. So yes, I mean, I, it's silly to say anymore because we've said it so many times. I don't know. It's not rocket science at all. You put 10 surfers on a boat at cloud break done game over. I mean, it's basically what Travis Rice did with natural selection, right? It is the, finest collection of snowboarders in the world they didn't run through some qs thing they were selected it is beautiful perfect you're seeing everybody you want to be etc etc surfing there's absolutely no reason they shouldn't have done, done that forever ago we all know that the thing with the newcastle event though that's even where i suppose it becomes so absurdly enjoyable to me is what they're broadcasting and advertising is so disconnected from what everyone's seeing and it's like they it's like the team, WSL team, feels that they can will this thing to be good when it's clearly not. Where Why couldn't Terpel say, oh my goodness, Ronnie, look yeah. at that out there. That looks awful. And they totally. could just like have fun talking, you know, talk about the good waves, talk about 
of course, you know, waves are surf good. Talk about how amazing it is that these guys can surf such lackluster, yeah. like swell the way they do. They could talk about a lot of other stuff, but to talk about big hand jams and stuff like that is it's, it's absurd. It is, it is. Yeah. Again, it is performance art. So formative. I, I agree with you. There is an absolute disconnect and it, it, it's a, the other filter that they're kind of running everything through is the wall of positive noise. So that's what that is. That's just the wall. It's of back. Positive the, noise. the wall is back. <laughs> um, I missed the wall. So the two people that defied everything yesterday, our current world champ, Idolo Ferreira and our current number one, uh, John, John Florence. And so I had a lot of uh, expectation, I guess, for them when they were entering the water, it's like, well, how are they going to address knee-high slop? And the reality is, just like Tom Curran of old or Kelly Slater of old, they willed good waves to them. They paddle out, uh, the clouds move, the light shines down, and set waves start rolling in directly to them over and over again. Um, and so not only did they surf really well and win their heats, they entertained me as the viewer i found myself captivated for 30 minutes going what's he gonna do next you know i mean yeah john john and idolo i feel and you know Callanan, my favorite surfer did phenomenal but uh that's the thing there were some great performances out there uh i thought or yesterday but the great performances you just get i don't know spackled by the wall of positive noise right where if they could have actually talked about how awesome John and Idolo's performances were, especially with how the conditions were. And again, talk about that. Why can't they talk about that on the WSL? Why can't they say the waves are awful? These guys paddle out. Look at they got good waves. They have that, you know, extra something about them. But in order to say that, you have to say the waves were bad, and they cannot say that, which is just yeah. bizarre. Um, one of the commenters on Beach Grid said Idolo was certain. His name is Seth Kelly. He said, today, Idolo was surfing for the fun of it. Everyone else was at work. And I thought that that was, uh, I mean, it's obvious, but it's also poignant in that that trite uh, comment about the one, the best surfer is the one having the most fun is actually pretty true and salient. Idolo always looks like he's having fun and therefore you get excited. Like he was surfing like a Grom. If you were a Grom and you lived inland and you get to go to the beach once a week on Saturdays, that's how you approach it. You run into the water as fast as you can and you catch every single wave possible. You know? Maybe that maybe that is the real, the true saying of of great surfers, the surfer having like of the world's best surfer, the surfer having the most fun is the best surfer. Yeah. I think like so. Amongst amongst lay people, no. The surfer having the most fun is generally a coup. <laughs> But amongst the world's best, yeah, which Idolo, and I think it's, I think it is true that Idolo's joy in surfing is effervescent, right? Like it, it, it bubbles out and it bubbles into you, even, even if you're feeling curmudgeonly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. And I, I feel like the training shows not only training in terms of in his quarantine hotel room and like doing calisthenics or weightlifting or whatever, but surfing every single day, no matter what the conditions are like, you know, like that all showed through variety and also through um, like not getting tired. The guy is just an what energizer the, bunny. 
what if the joy fizzes away? What if one day Idolo's out there? He's thrown into one too many days of two foot Newcastle and he's sitting out there on his board and the joy just disappears. And he thinks this sucks. This is a, this is not fun. I'm not having fun. I think he'll get married and have kids and retire. Like you think so? You don't think he'll yes. push through? Dude, could you maintain that level of stokedness for more than five no. years? No. Nobody could. He, maybe he can though. It'd be wild if he could. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of somebody, even outside of surfing, who who has been able to. I think that's a young man's game for sure. There's this thing for when you hit middle age called methamphetamine that helps. <laughs> yeah how old do you have to be how old do you have to be to start that i don't know i think how how old is idolo 27 i think if idolo developed a meth habit by 30 he could lie he it would give him another three years of stokedness explain to me methamphetamine because as far as i know it can be used for good right like it's in adderall or it's also in crystal meth I think, I think the methamphetamine is not good. I think amphetamines can be used for good. Uh, or it's the amphetamine part, I think, that has potential or has positive uses. I think methamphetamine is only an evil drug. So if it has the word meth, you want to avoid yeah. it? Yeah. And what are, you <laughs> what are you recommending he tries? Uh, meth, of course. I mean, I think... I think if you're going to go hardcore, you can't be an amphetamine addict anymore. You have to be a methamphetamine addict. Well, what, who's talking addiction? I didn't know we were talking about addiction. I thought we were just prescribing it for its uh, beneficial uses. For his stokenness? No, I think he's yeah. got to be an addict. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to prolong the stokenness for another three years. So I'm saying by 30, with the, the, especially with the path the WSL is on, where every contest is now going to either be Kelly Slater's Surf Ranch or some junk beachy i'm gonna prescribe methamphetamine addiction to idolo ferrera another not three usage. another three not titles usage but addiction addiction okay you, i mean he's, he's got that kind of personality right he's he's fizzy yeah so again that he's gonna have to i mean we i guess we've seen this with other athletes too he's gonna have to find a new gear like when john john came out and won two world titles and then uh, Ezekiel Lau identified a weakness in John John's game, which is let me just put up a brick wall of kind of uh, competitive savvy that your talent can't just penetrate through. And John John had to reset, and now he's come back and has the competitive savvy as well. I feel like Idolo rose to fame on this stokedness and talent, of course, but you can't win five world titles on that. You could win one, maybe two, but you can't win five on the same exact equation. And it's exciting to watch in a small beach break or even at pipeline, I guess. But I don't know that it translates year after year after year. Meth, amphetamine. There you go. Found the solution. The other hugely exciting heat was Kayo Abelli pulling out the win in the dying minute of the heat. I mean, he had me worried about our let's, project. Let's Abelli. get into Project Abelli. We he, he should have had the people or whatever on the notes, right? What happened, David Lee, in your assessment? We haven't even talked about this. Well, first of all, we haven't hit the target goal of $15,000, but 
but we're rolling it over to Newcastle or to uh, Narrabeen. And we're going to roll it from event to event until we get that money. I'm in the middle of a move. And so I haven't actually been on social media for probably five days or so. And you have access to the Project Abelli um, Instagram. So you've kind of taken over the communication part of it. I got so many notifications this weekend, though, on my phone that I never opened. And there seemed to be um, confusion and back and forth. A lot of people, so there's a lot of support. I think the GoFundMe is at about 7,000 bucks right now. So there is a lot of support. And those are small, a lot of small donations. So a lot of people involved. But then there were some people who felt like, oh, this is a publicity stunt, right? Is that what, what was happening? I couldn't really tell. Like, I mean, I think this thing was the beauty of it, right? It was a dreamed up in the heat of a moment, uh, executed in the heat of that moment, and then sort of decide, like, as it goes along, like, it is becoming what it is, right? But yeah, like, so I don't know. I think what I love about it uh, is the amount of $5 donations. It's like the Bernie Sanders of, of yeah. you know, fundraising kind of stuff. Like, there is passion out there. There is stokedness out there for Kyle Ibelli. Um, yeah, and we, we've got to do a better job. I've got to do a better job continuing to drum, uh, drum support for, yeah, for Sydney now. We got to get it. We've got to get the people on the nose for Sydney. This is not so, a failure. It is a setback. It's not even a setback in my mind. This is a long-term, it's an even longer conversation now. And the other, one thing that um, I would have chimed in on, or I guess I'll chime in on now, and I'll restate the entire idea. It's a new world order that we are shifting towards. We didn't design the new world order. The new world order is happening. We're actually trying to catch up with it through recognizing what's happening. So currently surfers, when they do sign contracts with big brands, things are written into the contract, like their Instagram following, their YouTube subscribers, how many views they get, how many times a day they have to post on social media, all of that. So they're trying to quantify these metrics that are out there kind of in digital space, right? So the new world order will be more of that. It will be a way to quantify somebody's social influence, let's say. So that's what we're recognizing is the shift into that. And we're recognizing Kyle Belli stripped the sticker off his board. He's kind of the perfect person to represent this transition from an old model of surfing to a new model. And so there will be a version of quantifiable maybe nfts for surfers for us all to just kind of support and then benefit from if we decide to trade our token or whatever but this initial gofundme is just proof of concept this is a way for all of us to get invested in this process looking forward to kaiwa belly's heat yesterday was exciting and watching him win in the closing moments was exciting because we've all committed our time and our resources and invested in him. And I think Kayo probably feels a certain level of obligation to this new fan base that he's experiencing in this past week. That is what this is about. Eventually we'll have the non-fungible token that we can buy and sell and trade and maybe make a profit on. But I'm almost, that's almost too um, capitalist. I mean, it is bringing it back to the people, but there is a level of capitalism involved in that transaction as well. The way it is now, it's just fun. This is just fun. Let's get behind Kyle. And could you imagine 
if Kayo actually wins the world title in 2021? I mean, it would be so epic. And you've re-inspired me, David Lee Scales. I mean, I was inspired already. I just thought, oh man, we bit off more than we could chew is what no. I thought. I thought we should have given, no. given ourselves more time to get to 15,000, but we did get to seven, which is with over 200 people uh, donating. Like it is a movement and the movement, I'm reinvigorated, David Lee. You've got me again. I mean, I was not off. I was just, I was feeling a little defeated that we didn't get it on the nose ahead of Nuke. Every comment that I saw, I wanted to scream into my phone. I just didn't have the time to engage. I wanted to be like, you guys are missing the point completely. Don't give your money. If you're like, somebody was like, oh yeah, give a professional surfer my money. No, thanks. I was like, then don't, who cares? You're yeah. the idiot. You're the one who's missing out on the movement. Like, we are the people, we get to participate, we get direct access to Kyle because of it, it's fun. Like, be a part of the movement. And by the way, not a movement just for our sake, but it's again, acknowledging that there is this giant shift happening, not only in surfing and the way that surfers are sponsored, but in the entire world, there's a shift happening into kind of um, commodifying the di digital space period, you know? Well, so and it's for, it's it's for none of our sake. No, this is for none of our sake. This is a pure labor of love for the fun of doing it, of bringing surfing back to the people where it belongs away from the world surf league, away from stinking, oh man, awful, whatever they are, whoever buys the, what are they called again? The hedge, not hedge funds. Uh, what is like Blue Star Alliance and all these? They private are equity. private private equity. Yeah, taking it away, taking surfing away from private equity and WSL and Dirk Ziff and all of it. This is it. This is our moment. So when I was growing up, Back. when when you were growing up, there were three magazines, and they had essentially five main surf brands that bought advertising in those magazines, and so all of me being a young surfer, all of the influence that I got from surfing was through this narrow filter of five brands and then into the three magazines. And they said, we want our athletes. We're gonna send our athletes around the world to promote our products. And when you do the Surfer Poll Award every year or whatever, like we need representation in that. And that was honestly, I'm not even mad at that model. That model worked and it was fine. And thankfully those brands put you know, Shane Dorian on their team and Kelly Slater and surf, they were the best surfers in the world. And so nothing was concealed from me, or I, I didn't feel like anything was concealed from me. We're in a totally different marketplace now. And so the idea that, you know, we don't need to put all of our money into one thing, we could just throw five bucks on Kayo and Kyle do a little dance for us, or they could throw five bucks on our podcast and we'll listen to their feedback and then talk about it next week or whatever. That is a much, it takes out a lot of the middleman. It takes out a bunch of that filtering system. And the world is going that way anyways. You can watch whoever you want to watch on YouTube and support them that way. But I think it, it's prudent for all of us to acknowledge the shift and then be able to be a part of the shift. You know, that's what this is about. I mean, completely, completely, completely. So on to Sydney. Or maybe we'll get it done. Oh, man, how epic would it be if we got it done by uh, finals day? Kyle in the finals. Perfect. Perfect. With the people on his board. Perfect. And by the way, stickers are being printed. And sent. They will be sent as well. But they're being printed now. Once I get them in hand, I'll reach out to everybody and try to get them in their hands. Start mailing Exciting. them out. 
Um, so yeah, there'll be a whole second wave, third wave, fourth wave. But as far as I'm concerned, let's keep this going throughout the whole year. Even if we get the 15 grand uh, and put the sticker on his board for Narabeam, I'm not stopping the conversation there. We continue the no, conversation, you know? For sure. This is uh, bringing it back to the people. How sick was it that he took down that heat in the dying moment? I mean, it's, I feel, I feel you want to know the difference for him. You want to know what pushed him over the line? Our support. The will, the will of the people. I agree. Like, I agree. That's all he needed. I absolutely would have tuned out of that heat. I mean, they were sitting there for, they were sitting there forever. The ocean was so flat and I would have tuned out a long time ago, but because our man was in the water, it was like, I waited and then it paid dividends in the end. Yep. His stock went Look up. At how much, how much, uh, exactly. How much better did you feel having 50 bucks in the game? Way better. Well, yeah. I was going to feel bad if he lost. And then I was going to think like, God, so do we double down on him or what do we do? And yeah, we double down. Of course. Yeah. Well, for Kaya, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super psych. Congrats, Kaya. We need to light up. The other thing is part of um, push number two is we need to light up his Instagram. Like we need to rally the troops, not to direct, not just to direct funds to go fund me, but to support, like show yeah. your support for Kyle, you know, team Kyle, team Kyle all the way. I'm sure we, we probably have more to talk about with Newcastle and we can come back to it, but kind of as it's related to the surfer, have the best surfer in the water is the one having the most fun. I got a listener email about Ben Gravy. Would you like to hear mm. it? Yes, please. You know that I'm always keen to hear anything about Ben Gravy. I feel like Ben Gravy's having the most fun. He looks like he is, right? Sure. All right. Listener said, hey, maybe it's just because I'm not a very good surfer, but I think you misunderstand Ben Gravy's popularity. He's talking about me. I misunderstand it. Listener goes on to say, you often talk about his entertainment, but quote, no one is watching him for his surfing. It's exactly the opposite. I'm never going to be doing big airs or pulling into gaping barrels at pipe, but I can aspire to surf like Ben Gravy. He is a better surfer than I am and I'm old, so I love watching him surf. It inspires me more than John John Florence or Gabriel Medina, who are just doing a completely different sport than the one that I'm engaged in. Um, and then he goes on to say, if there's any other average surfer blogs, feel free to send them my way, Casey. Very, uh, that's great. Um, huh. I, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. I think it's representative of a whole new subculture within surfing that is the vow. So, th so they don't want to see performance because they, they're never going to surf like it. They want to see something they can aspire to do, uh, which is mediocre. They lo I love watching me mediocre surfing. That's totally yeah. true. I've never really liked watching mediocre surfing uh, because, yeah, watching surfing and doing surfing are part of the surfing experience uh, that are different parts. Like, who would want to watch crappy basketball playing because you play crappy basketball? Like, you watch no the idea. best and then you go play as good as you can. But you're not like me watching John John Florence. I'm not thinking I can surf like John John Florence. I am enjoying the nuance, the flavors that John John brings, right? Yeah. Is that, does, does the Val not see, like, does not enjoy or cannot study 
like the crazy intricacy of great surfing? Maybe, but to me, the there's poetry to what John's doing. There's no poetry to what Ben is doing. You know, like yeah. there, there's it, aside from the talent strata of difference, the chasm between John and Ben. There's media, <laughs> there's there's mediocre surfers that are artists as well, like that have a. Um, God, I'm trying to think. I don't want to, I guess, defame anybody, but um, kind of like mid-level, like longboarders that just go straight down the line, let's say. But they're beautiful to watch, you know? And like, there's poetry. You're talking about like Jared Mel? Bang, bang, boogie? Yeah, but he's a great surfer. He's also a really good talent. But I'm saying what Ben is doing, he's a mediocre surfer who isn't, there's, there's no poetry to what he's doing. I, I like Casey's email and I totally appreciate Casey sending it because it is identifying. I think he is, there's a lot of people like Casey, but you and I come from such a different place and different inputs when we were growing up. But, but Ben, as the, as the patron saint of the Val is perfect. He really is. And it's a huge movement. It's, it's kind of the way of the future, probably if. I mean, it's way bigger. Like Ben's, Ben's, I bet Ben's engagement uh, is bigger than the World Surf League's engagement. I bet yeah. Ben's engagement across across the socials is bigger than the WSLs. I wouldn't That's be surprised. One, one average Val versus the home of surfing, as they call it. Well, to Casey's point, it's relatable. Uh, he or it's aspirational, I guess. What I would tell Casey to do is watch Rob Machado. I feel like Rob Machado is aspirational. Lots of times he's just cruising down the line or just pumping down the line straight. He won't even do a turn. And, but it's poetic. It's beautiful as well. You know, can't hear you. Can you, can you hear the damn jackhammer in the back today? It's just oh, like jackhammer you, construction day. No, I are you trying to mute it? To, I keep trying to mute it too. So the listener at home doesn't have to hear the, oh, it's driving me crazy. Uh, drive me crazy. What happened to your thumb? Oh, uh, I cut it last night while cooking. A cooking accident. While you were drunk? Uh, I wasn't even. I think the wife thought I was, but I wasn't. What were you cooking? uh, I mean, I cut it. It was steak and sweet potato. And I cut it cooking the sweet potato. Mm. It was a a thick sweet potato that I was trying to slice thinly. Drizzle some olive oil on and some salt. And yeah, just whack the thumb mid-slice. A lot of people think that if you have sharp knives, you will cut your hands. It's the exact opposite. If you have dull knives, you end up cutting your hands because it slips off the sweet potato or the tomato or whatever. That's exactly what it was. It was like halfway through and I just was having to like stall with all my might and then get in a leverage position that was not good for my thumb. Sharper the knife, the less accidents in the kitchen. Yeah, I need to sharpen them all up. Uh, hey, welcome back to the podcast space with Dirty Water. You guys are getting back. Oh in. yeah. Do you are you happy? Are you happy to see that it wasn't just a a fizzle? I am. I'm very happy, and I'm also interested in your guest list. How good uh, was how good was Brett Simpson on there? I would like to know because it's on my docket. People did not like Brett Simpson to on today. There. I know. Oh. I know. People did so, not like it. 
it seemed like there was a lot of vitriol in the comments section. I'll, I'll read one of the comments on Beach Grid. It said, an article where the comments are better than the subject itself. I refuse to listen because I know better than to waste my time. Ouch. I think that was the general sentiment moving forward. Having the conversation, it's weird. Having the conversation, I always thought, oh, first I thought great on Simpo for, for agreeing to this. Like we asked him straight after the uh, Dave Prodan's calling him a fascist. And so, you know, he's Simpo's the Olympic coach. And so could have thought I'd rather not, you know, put my profile out there attached to this fascism thing. But he was so happy to have a ch chat, which I thought, great. And then during the chat, I thought, oh, that's great. And then afterwards, just people did not like it. I was not well enjoyed by anyone. So there was zero. I got zero positive feedback. In fact, I got negative me, feed, feedback from both sides uh, and zero positive. A lot of the feedback that I said was basically saying Brett's not that smart. They're like, you know, he's talking about all of these complex issues, but he's not that bright. Was your pers what's your perspective on that? When you were engaging in the conversation, did you feel like Brett understood what fascism is and like how to respond to Prodan's commentary? I don't think he knew how to respond. Uh, I think he was just kind of, look, I'm just living my life, you know, whatever. I don't, yes, I would agree. It didn't seem in the conversation that he had thought super deeply about much of the stuff, um, but he had, his overarching theme was personal freedom, kind of, right? Where it seemed like he had thought about that. And so I think it's kind of unfair to say he just didn't really want to engage, or he was engaging. He's just like, I don't know. I don't know about any of it. Like if it was basically, if it gets in the way of my personal freedom or your personal freedom, then he was going to be vaguely anti it, right? Which, it. which is a not crazy sophisticated position, but why does every position have to be super sophisticated? Like it was, it was rational. It made sense. And, you know, I don't know, he, his willingness and, and desire to talk is refreshing. Like, yeah, I think so. I, I gave him tons of credit. Uh, I didn't really understand because I kept getting it hammered from both sides of it again, like from lefty people and from righty people of lefty people saying that you, why didn't you push Brett harder on any of this stuff? Uh, on his positions and righty people saying, uh, yeah, why, why did you go hard on Brett? So mm. it was confusing. It was confusing to me. I'll say the, the reception, but I guess in this day and age, if you put somebody polarizing on, that's going to be the reaction, no matter what, I suppose, nobody's going to be happy. Everybody's going to have an opinion. That's true. But if you identified early in the conversation that his stance wasn't necessarily based on you know, having a political science degree or something like that. It was more based on just if it impinges on his or infringes on his freedom, then he's anti. You identified that initially, then there's really no sense in going deeper than that. You know? No, I mean, and, and again, what what is he going to say? Uh, maybe people thought the point of having, having him on was to really put him on the hot seat. I just yeah. wanted him. He got called a fascist publicly. I wanted to give him a public forum to... Uh, dig into it a bit but not like for any other reason than that right like I wanted I thought Brett is an I think Brett is an interesting character he represents a huge part of the surfing community I think 
uh, more conservative, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, flag waving, etc. Which, all great. But yeah, again, people did not like it. Don't did, listen, David Lee. Do yourself did, a favor. Uh, did he respond directly to Prodan's rant? Yeah, he did. He, he was just like, oh man, I was... Uh, I don't know why Dave said that. I've known Dave for a long time, and D- Dave and I will talk about it later. Good. So um, he, he, yeah, he he wasn't being cagey at all. He was, I think he he was just like, I don't know what Prodan meant by that, uh, and I'll go figure out what he meant by by asking, but not in like an aggressive way. Not like I'm gonna go shake Prodan down. Yeah. Just, oh, I gotta go figure this out. So, um. I'm friends with Brett Simpson. I haven't really maintained a friendship with him in recent years, but we certainly were friends for a time. And I'm a fan of his. I have a very different ideology politically than his. And you can still be friends with people that you don't share ideology with. And that's my takeaway from watching all of this is the divisiveness or divisiveness on Instagram, on social media and the internet is fun. It's fun to jump in and throw spars and take a few and get, you know, enraged and argue with strangers. But I'm afraid that people apply that to their real life as well. And if their dad or their brother or whoever shares, has a different opinion than theirs, then they just want to cut that person out of their life entirely. And my only experience with Brett is that he's a super nice guy, family-oriented man, give you the shirt off his back. He goes out of his way to, you know, he's the hometown hero in Huntington Beach, goes out of his way to shake hands with everybody, takes time, takes photos, all that sort of stuff. He's a nice guy. And his political ideology, I have not seen have negative effects on anybody, you know? And so I think it's, it's okay to have differing, differing opinions and still get along with people. My experience with Brett has been nothing, nothing, but nothing, but he's super, 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 super nice. Right. Yeah, totally. And yeah, but I think people would think it's damn Brett Simpson who elected Donald J. Trump as president. That's why we had four years of Trump is because Simpson. Well, look, if you know that um, Filipino woman gets beat to the ground this past week by that criminal, who, by the way, they identified who that guy, the attacker was. He stabbed his mom to death in 2002. He just got out of doing 17 years in jail uh, in 2019. So he beat a Filipino woman to the ground. And so a lot of the media is saying this is all this hatred is all fomented by Donald Trump saying the coronavirus is the Kung flu and it's the China virus. And so now there's all this anti-Asian hatred that they direct is because of Donald Trump and Brett Simpson voted for Donald Trump. So Brett Simpson beats Filipino women. You know, that's the connections that people are making in their mind, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not completely unconnected, but it's insane to think that Brett Simpson represents Filipino women it's completely insane. Yeah, you know? it's true. So it's true. There's, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing you brought it back to. You think it's the divisiveness is fun. And I do too. I think most people don't think it's fun. It is like, nobody is 
nobody is winking at their own position at all. Everybody is holding everything that they believe so tightly in terms of their political beliefs, where I'm 1000% for holding beliefs tightly, but dang political beliefs, that's what you're really going to like. I mean, that just seems, yes, believe and, you know, have your politics and care about your politics and all this kind of stuff. But there's got to be a point where you can you can wink at it a bit, but people can't wink anymore. People have I agree. It's fun on the internet to argue with people, but I think everybody, the internet is the real world for people now, you know? And so they think that's how I treat my neighbors. I'm going to treat them or hate them the way that I hate these people on the internet. And to me, they're two very different things. You can engage online and like have a fun banter, but yeah, my experience with Brett is he's a nice guy. He's a neighbor, you know, like he's yeah. a nice guy. You, you're, you'd want him on your street. People don't want him on their podcast. I'll tell you that. Now I'm actually inclined to listen. I mean, yeah, I'd be curious what, what you think. Cause again, it wasn't a phenomenal interview, but it all, I didn't think it was also horrible, but apparently it was. Yeah. Um, all right, Chaz, we have a very robust barrel or not. So I think we should go to commercial and close out with a bang. Let's do it. Back to the show, back to Barrel or Nah. Excited. I'm excited to hear that it's a robust one. Barrel or Nah. April Fool's jokes. Oh, I'm going to go Barrel. In honor of the World Surf League hosting the World's Jokiest Contest yesterday, (laughs) I'm going to say it's a barrel. Breaks up the kind of when you hit, let's be frank, uh, nothing really exciting happens in February, mean Valentine's Day, but it's more of a hassle than anything, let's be honest. March, it's drag. You're like, everybody's really dragging. You, you kind of need some levity. And April 1st, perfect time for it. Barrel. Man, so I wish, by the way, you, I, I was going to say, I wish that I um, had the foresight and the planning to actually execute good April Fool's Day jokes because the morning hits and I'm like shoot what can I pull together real quickly to trick my loved ones and I never I can never think of anything you know I will say I will say I do not like it when unless it's super super clever when either media people or corporations do bra I like small personal intimate April Fool's jokes I don't like ones that are like super I don't know like Ones that feel like they're commercially driven somehow. That's not funny to me. Well, make your money Beach elsewhere. Trip, did Beach Trip post one yesterday about the bodyboard tour joining the WSL buying the bodyboard tour? Oh, did we? Did we post that? <laughs> I think so. Oh, then yes, we did a dang it. Well, or is it a real story? Yeah. Coals on our head. Is it a real story? I don't think so. No, I. Uh, te- did we post that? I thought so. Yeah. Oh, good for us. Good for I us. Think it we was, did. Then I, I love. Think it was I love Beach corporate Trip. April Fool's jokes too. Dude, mate. Well, you guys aren't very corporate, but <laughs> let me uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it looks like an email. It's a screenshot of an email from the World Surf League that says media release WSL acquired rights to the APB 
will stage 2022 World Bodyboarding Tour in conjunction with the World Surf Tour. Um, the, World funny, Surf the funny thing about... Oh, keep going. World Surf League, in conjunction with Rip Curl International, are proud to announce they will work collaboratively to resurrect the Association of Professional Bodyboarding to promote and stage a series of global events and crown a world bodyboarding champion in 2022. Funny, I, so I, uh, I, that was DM'd to me as well. And I read it and thought, oh, sick. I literally did not think April Fools, nor did I think Stone WSL. I thought I would fully watch a little bodyboarding out at like one of those crazy slabs, like where they really get it. You know, the ones yeah. that nobody serves, it's just bodyboarders dropping out of the sky. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, so sweet. It's a good move, WSL. It's literally what I thought. That's hilarious. So that was a Derek April Fool's joke. It was a Derek Riley April Fool's. And it was yesterday, so it, it didn't dawn on April me Fool's that it was him. even April Fool's around the corner. Yeah. All right, but what, so do you have any uh, April Fool's plan for your wife or kid? I'll, I got to pull one on Hemi. Now that you bring it up, it is kind of a hassle. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna lower my barrel. It's gonna be a Kelly Slater Surf Ranch barrel the april fools because it is a hassle to think about one it really is um i'm a i agree though i'm a fan when somebody pulls them like i'm always down to be the butt of a joke you know oh yeah i, I sure. want to be fooled yeah all right april fools all right here's the meaty portion of uh barrel or not buying a jerry lopez wave storm man i gotta go no barrel i don't know what jerry lopez was thinking with that to be honest like i know clearly he was thinking he was going to make money and very likely he is making money but jerry lopez putting his kind of health and wellness environmental thing for honest to goodness junkyard fodder like how many jerry lopez wave storms are going to end up in landfills i don't know a lot I, i'll tell you that and so there, there's the, that, the but there's also, I'm the sure is gross. also the cultural uh, contradiction between who Jerry I mean, is and what he represents and what Wavestorm is and what it represents is also I incongruous. I, I don't think it's actually a Wavestorm, is it? I think it's a new, I think it's a separate standalone brand. Okay, well, it, that might be right. It looks exactly like a Wavestorm. And, it, um, and selling Costco. And it's available at Costco for the same price as a Wavestorm. Yeah. I mean, really? I know people are not supposed to speak ill of Jerry, but it is such a gaffe, I feel. It's a gaffe, an environmental gaffe, a cultural gaffe, and it's just stinking, why are you doing that? What possessed you? Like, does he, I mean, unless he's super hard up and needs money, but I mean, my goodness, bad call. Bad call, Jerry Lopez. I avoided this topic on the show for a month or two. People started sending photos to us like, what in the world is this? And I just thought, you know what? Hopefully it'll just go away. I don't even want to address it because of the esteem that Jerry holds in our world. No, to, but, say, to say bad call Jerry Lopez is not a, doesn't, doesn't make me feel good, but I have to say it. There's nothing else to say. So the, the real question here for Barrel or Not is, buying a jerry lopez wavestorm and i think that the answer undermines jerry's original intent if his intent is to make money i don't want to own a jerry lopez wavestorm i will own a wavestorm wavestorm because i can disassociate from it 
it's just like, oh, it's for if the kids come over or somebody wants, if my dad wants to learn how to surf, we can go to the beach and I can push him in on a wave on that. And, you know, I'll look away. But if it has Jerry's name emblazoned on it, I do not want that thing in my garage. It's a, it's, I know. It, it's so it's, I don't think they're going to sell. They, they for sure will though, because they're not selling to surfers. They're going to be selling to valves. I mean, Jerry probably rightly sniffed out the valve boom and thought, cha-ching, time to capitalize. I have, my cachet is well enough known. Like he has, it's not, Jerry Lopez, I don't think is a household name, but you know, it is householdy enough uh, in surf, for sure it is. But so some Val gets a Jerry Lopez board and thinks, sick, this is endorsed by Jerry Lopez. Doesn't feel bad about his Valness anymore. He's out on his foam board, just clogging the lineup, tossing to the dumpster, sending it to the landfill, feeling great about himself. Maybe they're environmentally Brutal. sustainable. Do you think they're environmentally sustainable? No, I don't. Do, do you not think they're made with like the dust of recycling and you plant them in the ground when you're done and they grow GMO free corn? <laughs> I wish that they were. I do not think that you can do that for a hundred dollars and have Costco make a profit too. <laughs> oh man. Um, yes. Such right. a gap. All right. Well, everybody no look barrel. away. Look away. Yeah. All right. Final barrel or not. Sharing your political opinion publicly. Oof. I'm going to go barrel. I'm going to go barrel. If you believe something, then share it publicly. Don't hide it. Do not hide your light under a bushel. No, let it shine. But also know that they are your political beliefs. And it's not like the yes can be very, very, very important. But be able to wink at some point at something. Like, I mean, people who like freak the freak out on taxes like okay i get it like yeah you're either you know four higher taxes for the rich or you're four lower taxes for everybody and that's your position and that's great and firmly believe it and debate it and argue it and be serious about it but are you gonna die over taxes or kill over taxes i mean come on it's money immigration immigration is like i get it like be passionate about immigration and really hold your belief firm and all, all of it. But I mean, are you, you're just gonna go murder someone over there opposing views on immigration. Yeah. Like it's at, at the end of the day, other viewpoints, you can totally disagree, but if it's sensible, then I mean, for, I don't wanna shut the borders down and keep every immigrant out, but I understand the position of people who hold that, right? Like I understand totally. that, how does a country and an economy work if it just is flooded with, you know, I mean, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some kind of rule and regulation, you know, whatever. Like, I just don't get, I suppose the unwillingness to even begin to look at somebody else's opposing viewpoint as sensible. I agree. I think I would like to live in a world where you can share your opinion publicly, your, your political opinion publicly, and it doesn't mean that you get a canceled or even lose fan base, you know, For sure. I think it, like, and I've had people tell me that, you know, Sean Penn is a phenomenal actor and he also is political and he's an activist. And I've had people in the past be like, I can't watch Sean Penn anymore because of what he says publicly. And it's like, what? 
like Woody Woody Allen aside, you know, like we had that yeah. conversation. Woody Allen aside, aside from raping or molesting your children that your partner brought into the house, yeah, I can cancel that and I could not watch those films anymore. But like any anything aside from that, you should be adult enough and critically thinking enough to be able to appreciate somebody's art for what it is and then disagree with some political decision they make over here for what that is and be able to hold those two thoughts in your head. And allow Sean Penn to have his own opinions on things that are different than yours. Like totally. allow him the room to, I, that's what he believes. I disagree with him. Like yeah. it's as, I mean, again, yeah, this inability, inability to, to, yeah, to, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. It is crazy town to me. The, in, the inability to hold conflicting notions in your head about things. That's what's baffling and, and just, to me. And to freely and to freely think, like to not be fed a script that you then regurgitate. Like yeah. this is the script of my party, or this is the script of my position, and this is the only thing I can talk on, the only thing I can think. Like really throw the script away and allow people room to have, yeah, both be different from you and then not just straight hold it against them. Back to Brett Simpson. Like, great, whatever Brett believes, that is fine. Like, uh, it's not what I believe necessarily, not all of it. Not, I don't even know what Brett really believes besides freedom. And I'm, I hate that, you know, again, I don't know that Brett is the, a philosopher. Uh, I don't know how much he's actually thought about much of this stuff, but even letting him have positions without really thinking about it. Like, why does everybody have to be, you better be the most informed person on earth if you're going to hold a position. Like yeah. who, who amongst us knows everything about anything? Idiots. They think they do. Yeah. We know so, what we know in the moment. And I would also go a step further and say, if every one of your neighbors and family members felt exactly the same way that you do about everything in your life, that is a bizarro world that you would be living in and you would not be very happy there. This is the spice of life. This is what adds kind of growth and how you learn new things and tr try new foods. And, you know, like this is, life is made of this stuff. So no more vilifying, no more, uh, you know, don't even get enraged by it. Just enjoy it, be a part of it, engage in the conversation. Unless it's what you All right, so we're going barrel on sharing your opinion publicly. Barrel, we got to start, we got to get back there. We can't I be agree. hiding anymore. I agree. You know where else we got to get back to? Where? Album surfboards next week. Can't wait. This Zoom stuff is for the birds. It is. Are you in a sauna? Do you guys have a sauna or a steam room at your property? No, this is, this is the yoga room. It is a zen-shaped woodwork in the ceiling. It is a, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a yoga room. Just Fancy. built in the backyard. Fancy. Fancy. The best. Cool, man. Cardiff well, Lynn. hey, I'm glad that this worked out via Zoom so we didn't have to take the week off. Thanks to all the listeners. Go to support Project Abelli on GoFundMe and uh, let's get to 15. Let's get that sticker on his board. Come on, people. Let's do it. Let's usher in the new world order. Let's be a part it's of it. It's ours for the taking. The it people. really is. It really is. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks, Chaz. Uh, until next week. Get barrel. Yeah,